Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com. So we are online. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, Yarek. Hello, Russell. Hello. Hello. Is this mic on? Check. One, two, check, check. three, four, five. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Fantastic. Always good. Always good. <laughs> so today, everyone, welcome, I guess. But you know, today we've got Russell Westcott here with us. Uh, you know, it's hard to explain, you know, the, the vast knowledge and history that this fellow has. Um, you know, working with the Rain Group for, uh, I'm not even sure the length of the time that you were with them, Russell. 13 wonderful years. 13 years, geez. So you got a lot of good content and information and <clears throat> knowledge out of that. I know that you're doing a lot of inspirational public speaking nowadays. Um, you're working on a third book. Um, you know, what else can I tell you? You've actually start, you know, moved from the Rain Group now and started your own, this, this Tri-Urban Tri Inc., um, you know, which hopefully we can touch a little bit on today. Um, you know, what else can I, what else can I tell you, you know, or not tell you, but tell everybody else, geez. There's so many things to share. Definitely one of the most reputable investor in Canada, in my personal opinion. And I'm so blessed to have you today on our presentation. So I would like to share my, our appreciation on behalf of everybody. Thank you. Uh -huh. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I'd like to throw in there, sorry, before you get started, Russell, I'd like to throw it and tell everybody that, uh, Russell here is, and you know, will still remain, at my uh, my opinion, the king of joint ventures. So uh, you know, we'll we'll hopefully touch on that as well today. So well, thank you very much, guys. <laughs> well, you know, if you were to ask my wife too, she'd say, you know, he's he's handsome and and tall and good looking and a full head of hair. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Well, guys, before we do jump into this, I just wanted to congratulate both of you for, for putting on this amazing event. This has been a, a service that is needed out in the marketplace. You know, people can sit from their comfort of their own home and they can listen to incredible resources that you guys have lined up for them. And, and you guys have been chiming in every the last three days, every once in a while, just doing that. And the quality of the content has been unbelievable, second to none. So... Guys, if you're listening to this uh, recording or watching it live, you don't realize how much work it goes into putting on something like this. So I think each of you that have registered and watching this should reach out to Jason and Yarek and give them a big congratulations. So first of all, congratulations, both of you guys. I appreciate that. Thanks. So, all right. Let's jump to the questions, right? Right on. Where do you want to start? Well, let's, let's start off with, uh, I guess, telling everybody a little bit about, you know, about yourself and you know what makes you or what you believe has made you such a distinguished investor. Well, distinguished, self, self proclaimed <laughs> distinguished. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, I love to have fun with this whole game of real estate. Uh, I'm just a simple 
farm, I don't know, I wouldn't say farm boy, I'm of a prairie boy from the Potash country of Saskatchewan. We grew up right in the center of the province in the Lanigan area, right in the Potash, heart of Potash country. You know, had an unbelievable childhood, parents just, you know, unbelievable parents, you know, when you're from, you know, small town prairie, everybody, you know, Everybody knows each other. Everybody's friends. Everybody trusts each other. And that's just really, I think, a foundation for a lot of people you meet from, uh, from Prairie, uh, Saskatchewan. Uh, went to school at the University of Saskatchewan. Started a corporate career after that, after getting my finance, marketing, and general business. And I was having so much fun while going to university. I, I, I took a, a four-year program and turned it into five and a half, six years. So... <laughs> And then after that, you know, and probably the main reason I was doing it, because when I was going to university, for many of you that if you are from Saskatchewan, you would know the, the story of the Patricia Hotel, the Happy Pat. If you've ever been to Saskatoon, I, I bartended there for four years. And that was probably the reason why it took me an extra year and a half to graduate from university. And then slowly after that, I, I got into corporates, uh, uh, corporate Canada, corporate the corporate world, and started climbing the ladder. And you know, one mm-hmm. of the things I realized when climbing the corporate ladder is, you know, <laughs> it's it's one thing to be climbing the ladder, but if it's le- uh, leaned up against the wrong wall, you're still not going the right direction. So, it's uh, where I ended off in my corporate journey was with a uh, packaged food company out here in Vancouver moved from many different locations and one of your guests yesterday uh he uh, he and i actually shared a office space together so it was uh, we came from the exact same background of where we came from but i'll tell you it would have been probably 1999 probably the end of 99 um that i had my you know entrepreneurial accident and it all started with a conversation. It was with literally with a, a consultation with a good friend of mine. We sat down and had a, you know, a consultation. And when I say his good friend, he was a mutual fund salesman. And he, he got me into uh, you know, right-sizing my portfolio and all that kind of wonderful stuff. But he introduced me to a book. Uh, and that book inspired me. That book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I'm sure most people that are, are listening to this, they could probably trace their origin stories back to that book so it all started from a conversation with a friend and a consultation and that led me down a journey of this wonderful world of real estate and ever since then ever since i got bit by the bug of real estate it bit me hard and i jumped in with both feet i managed to buy an awful lot of properties and i'll tell you i managed to buy an awful lot of the wrong properties in the wrong areas Uh, there there was actually a stretch of five years where i was on a tear of about property a month for five years and um and people i always do a timeout whenever i tell that part of the story because i just watch people's reaction and i'm very open and transparent about it but that was probably the stupidest thing i could have ever done to acquire that many properties in that short of a period of time. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's created some challenges along the way. Let's put it that way. So lo and behold, and then I joined the real estate investment network as part of their, uh, as part of, as a member, and then as part of their executive, and then um, taught across the country, shared a lot of my wisdom and knowledge. And then uh, just about a, a little over a year ago, I ventured out into a brand new business and we're in Edmonton, we're actually building brand new purpose-built rental properties out in Edmonton and our, our target is to within the next uh, two years to build about 220 new homes in the Edmonton marketplace that are all uh, investment properties for uh, that have um, unbelievable tenants in unbelievable communities. 
Perfect. So, Perfect. So I guess that's the long story. <laughs> uh, never long enough. You, you would like to learn as much as possible from people like yourself. So you can brag about whatever you have achieved and you have our permission <laughs> as long as you want <laughs> within one hour and a half, let's nice. say. It. <laughs> so what has been your the most successful real estate investing strategy implemented? Well, interesting to note, uh, you know, if you were to ask this question to me about a year and a half ago, I probably would have given a different answer. Um, well, I'll give you the year and a half ago answer. The year and a half ago answer would have been that I learned the, uh, the art and the science of raising other people's money through joint ventures, uh, created a system around it, pretty well built my entire portfolio with raising other people's money, uh, raising capital around that. So I would say that would be probably uh, the biggest strategy. And then within that strategy, one of the, what I always like, my strategy I like to do is I like to buy the property, um, get it in my own name. And then once I've owned it, I then turn around and joint venture it after I've owned it for about five, six months, once it's mm -hmm. been normalized and I've got that in my portfolio. So that's been really the strategy I built a lot of my portfolio as I go buy it, I would put my tent, put the tenants in, I'd own it. And then I joint venture it after the fact. But I'll tell you, within the last year and a half, I've learned more about real estate in probably the last 12 months than I did in, the, in maybe the previous 13 or 14 combined. And, you know, I, I often joke is, you know, old dog can learn new tricks. And I've been in this for 15 years and, and every day I learn something new. And I've learned more probably in the last 12 months than I did within the last decade before. And, and really what I've learned through my new business venture and my new business partners is the power of brand new construction about uh, taking all the problems that you would ever have from a rental property and then actually starting with design and designing a perfect rental property and then building it uh, with the tenant's needs in mind. So instead of putting a round peg and square hole, we actually start with what the tenants are looking for. And then mm -hmm. we actually will design the place right from, you know, the area that it's in, the lot that it sits on, to the blueprints, to the materials, to all the finishing, to all the fixtures, to everything. We actually will build it with the tenants in mind based upon the tenants mm -hmm. pro forma and the, their persona about who the ideal tenants are for that, for that property. Hmm. Interesting. So the question around that, uh, so you have developed a system where you are putting tenants in the properties. Are they going to become a future homeowner of that property or they will be long lasting tenants? I'm just curious. Well, eventually, most of the tenants that we're putting into properties right now is we've identified our Dale tenant profile, and a lot of them are on the cusp of home ownership. Um, okay. Especially now, as um, mortgage rules change and new qualification mm -hmm. rules change, um, a lot of those um, tenants. Uh, they're looking for to get into it. And, but most of our tenants stay in our properties minimum three years. The majority of them are staying in there for five uh, cool. or more, and they're paying high, high, higher rents, higher than market rents. And their, their goal eventually is to transition into um, home ownership. But we actually, the, one of the models I'm actually sharing with people right now is I, mm -hmm. I don't want to hold that piece of real estate for 25 years. I actually mm -hmm. want to, build a prop, a portfolio of new construction properties. And then I'm going to take that new portfolio and then I'm going to sell it and rebuy new properties every five to seven years. So I'm still going to hold a portfolio of properties for 25 years, but I'm only the oldest property in my portfolio is going to be five to seven years old. 
And that's cool. it. And essentially, if you think about it, um, we may never ever have to replace a, a, a furnace, a roof, windows, any large capital expenditures. You may never have those large repair and maintenance bills ever again if all you have is new properties and new construction is under warranty, right? So you typically have a bumper to bumper warranty on the property for the first two years. And and you know what? It's been a, like a breath of fresh air. We're, we're with my business partner right now. We're actually building a case study and he's a, a living... Uh, case study of doing this of the power of new construction on how, how much of a breath of fresh air it is to own that as opposed to owning 40 and 50 year old ho uh, houses that just deteriorate over 20 plus years and if you can't generate enough cash flow to pay the deferred maintenance that happens over the years just a recipe for for failure for for downward spiral absolutely just <laughs> disastrous so <sighs> And if you want, I can actually get into some of the some of the real life numbers that we're, we're talking about for a repair and maintenance. Go for it. Yeah, it's only yours. Okay. Absolutely. So, uh, and I'm going to share this. This is uh, these are my my business partners' uh, properties because I've I've owned forty and fifty year old townhomes and I've owned them for fifteen plus years. And I'll tell you what, of owning forty and fifty plus year old townhomes, every one of the properties I've owned, I am talking every single one of them, has had a special assessment. Every one of them. And including to the tune of I had a portfolio at nine properties that had a $36,000 per unit special assessment times nine. So you could probably run that through your calculator and figure oh, out that bill you had to pay. That's a, that's a little bit too much. Yeah, they, but they, they, they were nice enough to give me six years to pay it. So it essentially was like a $60,000 a year special assessment for six years. So... Uh, yeah, that, that was some sleepless nights trying to trying to figure that that challenge out. But OK, so I'll share. Here's what I'm going to share with the new construction. So one of the things if you own real estate and you own a, a rental property, your largest expense will be your financing, your mortgage, pay, your mortgage, the principal reduction and the interest. The three biggest variables, I think that after that are the vacancies which is the vacancy cost, your repair maintenance bill, and then your management costs are three of the biggest expenses. So what you want to do is you want to try to mitigate the risk on those three expenses. And if you actually build a new construction property, that cash flows that you can rent out, you can actually start mitigating that expense. For And I'll just give you a quick example. My, my business partner who owns, he owns six uh, 30 and 40 year old townhomes and he owns 11 brand new construction side-by-side -side duplexes um, his maintenance bill on his six properties uh, per year is roughly around 24 to 2600 dollars per unit on those 30 and 40 and 50 year old townhomes his 11 side-by-side -side duplexes 11 combined for two years total was 3900 dollars for 11 properties so That's his his repair difference. maintenance bill worked out to 17 dollars a month for two full years so it's like a completely different ball game when when you're dealing in that kind of thing and the thing is i think he only had one vacancy in five years for two weeks so Yep, that's one of the creative way of thinking about real estate, right? No more buy, hold, and pray kind of strategies, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And, and you know what, if you actually think about the way you even design the properties, like for example, if you actually design properties, design your properties, you know, potentially no more light fixtures because tenants can knock light fixtures off walls. We have recessed pot lighting that all you have to do is you just screw a bulb in, screw a bulb out, and that's how you replace it. You know, the, the decking, if you can get aluminum rails and composite decking, you'll never have to paint them again. If you just actually have the right products, mm -hmm that can have a long-term tenant and you actually build it for the tenants with their needs in mind. Um, owning a rental property can actually be really enjoyable, even to the point of the managers that are managing these new constructions will actually give a two, two and a half percent discount um, on the management costs because they're easier to rent or easier to manage at the same time. So we're just taking the design of the property and trying to make it an enjoyable experience of owning real estate. Hmm. No, that makes sense. Absolutely. You know, uh, definitely uh, know where you're coming from on the, you know, on the renovation side or, you know, what would you need to, you know, to renovate an older property? I, I definitely understand that. So, you know, you, you went from rain to, to having, you know, starting your own venture here. Um, <coughs> what, what has motivated you to go this route and, and what is your why? You know, what's, what's keeping you going every day? Well, what, what has motivated me, motivated me, I guess that's a, a first one is, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, all full transparency, going slowly, going downhill and going broke with a portfolio of 40 and 50 year old properties uh, and slowly going and having a downward spiral of having negative cash flow and properties that just keep eating your lunch every month is, is actually a really good motivation to, to make a change with things. Uh, but one the, the really the big thing, two, two things that motivate, I, I love I love inspiring, encouraging, and always coming from a place of love. That's the core value of who I am. I think that owning a, a rental property needs to be an enjoyable experience. And if you've bought property, if you put the wrong tenants in them and you bought in the wrong areas and you bought the wrong type of properties, it's not going to be an enjoyable experience. And I know that because I did that. And I'm just, I'm truly going across the country. I've uh, last three weeks, I've been from Victoria to Ottawa and just sharing the story of, you know, sometimes real estate doesn't always go up in value. Sometimes real estate is, a, there's a challenge. It's like the iceberg analogy that below the surface, there's, you know, cash calls, there's, you know, sleepless nights, there's, uh, you know, tears of, you know, joy and also tears of, of, of what the heck am I going to do? How am I going to make uh, this cash call? There's, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that people just don't understand. And I'm, I'm committed to sharing the whole story. I'm committed to share the good, the bad, and the ugly about what real estate is because, it 100% has actually reinvigorated me. All these things that have happened, all these potential problems and challenges have happened. Has, has you know what? I've got my mojo back into real estate. It's it's actually inspired me more than ever to to uh, to get back and and get into real estate because I don't want other people to have to go through the same experience that I did. And I think I have so much to share. I'm not going to let these hundreds of thousands of dollars of mistakes go to uh, go to waste i think i'm going to share share them across the country so would you mind sharing some of your pivotal uh, moments in in your journey now let's yeah. do it well there's a couple of them so the first um inflection point pivotal moment would have been meeting that fellow uh, i talked about that recommended rich dad poor dad to me and that all started with just a 30-minute conversation with somebody, which really changed the course of, of that. And then I started reading all those books, 
Mm-hmm. On, on that whole series and then real estate resonated with me and I have no reason to uh, I, I had no idea why real estate resonated with me at that time I was renting a basement suite with a roommate and I'd never bought a property ever in my life so if any of you are just starting out and you're just starting in a basement suite and you're renting uh, there is hope there always is hope <laughs> and and then from there I, I, I saw an event that um the promise of making money in real estate. Hey, what the heck? Why not go to it? You know, figure it out. And, and then from there, I met a fellow by the name of Don Campbell. And I was just so inspired by his story and what he had to teach and the network that he created. And I just surrounded myself with unbelievable people that were, were always uh, pushing the envelope and, and, and sharing their stories. And they were just willing to always um, help and support each other with things. And, and I've, I've, I've taken that uh, mission to heart about giving back to other people. People uh, with things, you know. When I started investing in real estate, if you actually zoom in, I had hair. I think not a lot, but I had some. <laughs> so so it, it's been it's been not a straight line, but uh, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a day that uh, I'm not grateful for every opportunity of those pivotal moments of meeting people. You know, I met someone. Um, Along the way, Mr. Ron Legrand, a long time ago, of learning on on the whole uh, avenue of um, of um, flipping houses, things like that. I met a fellow by the name of Dan Kennedy, who was an amazing, probably one of the godfathers of copywriting. I learned how to, uh, to do copywriting. I, I learned a fellow um, or learned from a person who was uh, an expert in public speaking. And and I, I took my shy, introverted ways and I, I channeled that energy into learning to be a public speaker. And, and from that moment there, I, I learned how to stand up in front of a room of, you know, 800 to a thousand people or to a room of eight or 10 people and, and to share my ideas. And, and I actually added it up a, a little while ago that I'm getting close to 600 presentations I've delivered over the last 15 years and more than probably 110,000 people, uh, our audiences. And, and the main thing I want to share is that's really, you know, I'm not trying to impress. I'm just trying to express to everyone watching that it can be done. A, a small town boy from Saskatchewan can train yourself to learn how to do that. And, you know, public speaking is one of the hardest things that people will learn how to do, but it can be done. And maybe another inflection point, another motivation point is, you know, is I, I, I co-authored a couple books. I, I actually failed high school. Edu- I failed high school English. If, if my, uh, if my, um, High school English teacher, Audrey Mighton, was listening right now. Uh, Audrey, I still have to turn in that report from grade 11. I'm sorry, but can I submit my books that I wrote instead and get my marks from that? (laughs) It's it's truly, it's just been, it's been, you know, I'm sorry if I'm yammering on here over and over, but I'll tell you what, I'm just, my heart is just full of gratitude of every person that has touched my life has been a, an amazing influence on me and, and and I feel I owe it to share these stories and share all this inspiration and encouragement with everybody I meet and that's why I love doing what I'm what we're doing here right now and that's why I'm just so grateful for this opportunity that's awesome so talking about your you know being grateful um, what has been the proudest moment you've had in your real estate career so far well you know what Interesting, interesting. It's I'm going to share a story with you, um, and it actually happened just this past week. And, but it's it's a it's it could be a story that could be you know I could tell ten ten or you know hundreds of these exact same stories. So I was in Toronto and I was doing I was giving a presentation, 
And um, a lady came up to me. She came up. She was going. Her name was Teresa. And she came up. She goes, I'm such a fan. I'm such a fan. I'm such a fan. <laughs> and, and first of all, it's, it's actually coming from Saskatchewan. You're, you know, as you know, Jason, we're, we're very humble when it comes to those kind of things. That it, <laughs> it feels a little awkward at first when somebody comes up there and you know, I made a joke as I go, geez, my, my wife isn't even a fan. <laughs> and, and the Korean was sitting there right with me. And, and she told me this wonderful story about how she had um, picked up, uh, picked up my book from the library. And um, she paid all these late fees because she kept reading it and rereading it. And she, she said, I, you know what, I should have just bought it because I paid more in late fees than what the cost of the book actually was. And, and from that buying of that book, the 97 Tips book, and then also the joint venture book after, she has now bought 11 properties. She owns 11 houses. And, and from just that story alone, I think it's just an incredible, um, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to share a message that people will, the people that want to hear it and people that listen to it, that people that do something with it, they will take it and it, it really, the sky's the limit because you just never know if you put something out into the world, this event that you guys are putting on right now may inspire somebody to take their life to the next level and it may improve their, their position in life. You just never know. And, and what you have to do is just keep putting a, a good message and a positive message out into the world. And you just never know who will come back 15 years or 10 years down the road. And thank you for doing this, this, um, doing these, these events. So. You have our virtual handshake. Trust me. <laughs> Well, it's funny, and I'm going to share. I'm going to add one more quickly to that that story, and I, I joke about this one all the time. When I first got started in real estate, um, the person who did this presentation shared a presentation. He goes, "You know, there's fundamental truths in real estate, and one of the fundamental truths in real estate is you need to have money to buy real estate." And I remember when they said that, and I just went, "Oh, it just my my wind was knocked out of my sails," is because I had no money. I, I had none at the time. And, uh, and then the next thing they said right after they said that was, but the good news is it doesn't have to be your money. So if you learn how to raise other people's money, provide an incredible, valuable service to other people, you can potentially learn this thing called joint ventures, which was really cool. So I went on a journey at that time is to learn how to get the capital for investment, real estate. Now, the number one people you have to get on board, if you actually think about it, are the banks. Right. The banks will put up 75, 80 percent. It depends on your asset class. But the banks put up the majority of the money. So if you learn how to make a good presentation to the lenders and learn the rules of engagement with with uh, mortgages, you actually are, you know, three quarters of the way there. And then once I figured that system out about the, working with banks in the mail, yes, Canada Post does deliver things, um, came a cassette tape. And for those of you youngins who are listening to this web thing, a cassette tape is a little thing that has tape and reel to reel. And, and you actually used to listen to uh, music on those things. And on that cassette tape was a presentation by the name of Arlen Dolan. And Arlen Dolan is a, a successful real estate investor in the Edmonton area. And he shared a story about joint ventures on how he presents his joint ventures. So I listened to that tape, cassette tape, so many times that I wore it out that I had to, you know, I didn't want to kill my Walkman. So I put the big pen in the one side and spun the thing around so I wouldn't, I wouldn't kill the batteries on it. And, and from that cassette tape, um, I learned how to 
create a system. I taught that system. I've taught uh, thousands of people across the country. I did a home study. I wrote a book. And from that um, cassette tape moment has changed the trajectory of people's lives in raising capital. So some cool, a couple of cool stories. So. Absolutely. Okay. So let's share the failures and how you overcame those. <laughs> well, how I've overcome them is I'm overcoming them still. <laughs> <laughs> well, really the, the big thing that, um, when call them failures, uh, um, I'm going to call <laughs> them, um, expensive tuition. And I had somebody once tell me, uh, his name is Callum Ross out of Toronto, and he shared something on a, a panel discussion. Is He said, I've never lost money in real estate. I've just paid some very high tuition on some of the properties. So so the some of the big things, uh, lessons that I would learn that I'd like to share with people, number one is, is you don't have to focus on quantity. I, I would go a quality focus before quantity focus. I, I thought when I first started that I needed to have 150 properties in order to, to do this, to buy the, to buy all these properties. I thought I had to have 150 or more in order to do that. And, and my, my tune has changed significantly that with a portfolio of six properties, and let's put it honestly, if you actually had those six properties, if you had three of them free and clear, you actually can generate three suited houses free and clear can generate you a $100,000 a year income stream, give or take. And so you don't need a lot of properties to do that. The other big lesson that I would share with people is make sure the reason why you're buying the real estate, you're clear on that. I was buying properties for the wrong reasons. I was buying properties because it was a way of, you know, stroking the ego, if you will. I was, you know, standing on a stage and telling everybody every month, well, look at me, look at me, I'm so great. Throw rose petals at my feet, I'm in the room. Look at me, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm buying this property, buying that property, you know, one property a month for five years. You know, my ego was not my amigo. And I bought the wrong properties for the wrong reasons. I put, I brought on too many properties um, in, in the wrong areas and I didn't consider the tenant profiles when I was buying them. And um, those are problem, problems that you will run into. And then that actually creates one of the next ones is, um, you know, during the really good times in Alberta, uh, we, you know, we, you know, technically we pulled capital out, we refinanced at a peak and, pulled money, put more money into another, into the same peak market. During the really good times, we needed to pull some capital out and have them for the rainy days and to have those and to fix all the properties out that when the, the market turns and every market goes through ups and downs. And sometimes the only way you can find out a market that goes through an up and down is to go through the up and the down. And um, a lot of people in Alberta that maybe during the peak did not prepare for when the market went down. And there's every market in Canada is in a different market cycle. So just understand your cycles, surround yourself with, with the right people. And, and another mistake I share with people is I bought properties that I called them, I call them sock destroyers. And I think I've, I've coined this term is that uh, when when you walk through your rental property, when you go into the parking lot after you come out of the property, you actually have to burn your socks in the parking <laughs> lot. So the properties weren't sock destroyers when I bought them, but they turned into sock destroyers because of the wrong tenant profile that was put in the property. So for all, the, all of you renovators and flippers out there, I know you guys are probably salivating when you see a sock destroyer property, but just imagine if you owned the sock destroyer. Right. So 
what would you do if you had a sock destroyer property? So, so lots of mistakes with things. And, and I'm going to share one more and I can go on and on because I've got makes mistakes that, that we can go on forever is I truly didn't understand the real math of owning a property for a long period of time. And that's what a lot of people, you know, they sit there and they do a pro form and they do a snapshot of a one year basis, but they actually will never sit there and actually look at, okay, I'm going to hold the property for say 15 years. And if you own a property, a piece of real estate for 15 years, you're going to have to probably replace everything in that property. And you're probably going to have to replace, you know, four or five hot water tanks. And you're probably going to have to place two furnaces. You're going to have to replace the roofs, the windows. You're going to have to probably replace everything. And most people never take that into account when they're running their cash flow numbers. That mistake in and of itself of not understanding the long-term math of holding a piece of real estate is what led myself and my business partners into changing the paradigm of looking at real estate. And that's what turned us into new construction properties is all those mistakes. And we wanted to fix all those things to have a really enjoyable experience. So I could go on, but I think everybody's going, going this, go this guy is go, a go. terrible <laughs> investor. Why do you have him on the line? <laughs> he makes all these mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think anybody's going to be saying that there, Russell. But Russell, obviously, you, you know, you've you've gone through some challenges, um, you know, throughout your you know investing career. You know, you've had positives. I'm sure, you know, as you're talking, you've had some negatives. At, at some point during your career, you've obviously had to overcome some fears, um, you know, in order to keep moving you forward. Um, how do you overcome those? Uh, great question. I tell you, one of the it's interesting that one of the biggest things any good coach has to do is to help the people that they coach overcome this thing of fear. And it's real. It is absolutely real. So the first thing I'm going to say is if you are uh, watching this and you are feeling fear, first of all, pat yourself on the back because you're here. And I feel fear every single day. It's, it's one of those things. It will never, ever go away. It's quite frankly, I use the feeling of fear to know that I'm on the right track for something. Because if there's something scares the bejesus out of me, I know that's the thing that I must do. So just understand that you're going to feel it. Even people that have been doing it for 15 years or more, you will feel the fear. But here's what I'd suggest people to do. And I'm going to share the solutions in an acronym. For everyone so if you're listening to this and you're watching this grab a pen and paper which you probably already have and i'd write down the word fear f-e-a-r so the first one is just understand that the f in fear is fear is a feeling it's it's truly it's between the right ear and the left ear it's a feeling that you have and sometimes with feelings sometimes they never come true our species of humans have evolved from this whole fight or flight mentality that, you know, back in the, the day we were, it protected us from a bear or a tiger of being eaten or being killed. So you have to understand that our, our species has evolved from this whole fight or flight mentality and you will feel fear. But so the F stands for a feeling or fight or flight. So understand that. The E in fear is what I would say is equipped. You know, if you actually, let's use this as an example. People can be equipped and you can actually train yourself to deal with fear. So let's use an example. Let's say you saw a building that was on fire. Um, what do most people do when they see a building on fire is they actually run away. 
However, if a person was adequately equipped with the right fire prevention materials, was adequately equipped with uh, a hose and all the gear, and was adequately trained to put out fires, what does that person do? That person runs toward the fire and they're looking to save cats and people and they're looking to do that. So you can actually, by putting yourself into fearful situations, you can train yourself. And if you are equipped, you can actually handle the fear. So I'm not telling everybody to put yourself into the most dangerous situations you possibly can. I'm telling you to take steps to equip yourself to deal with the fear. The next thing in the A in fear is be active is or action. Because if you think about it, if you're actually active, the more you are active, you're actually making a decision. Uh, to keep making decisions will actually deepen your commitment. So you make a decision, you deepen your commitment. Then from there, you learn. The more you learn from the uh, actions that you take, you then maybe will pivot. You'll change direction on things. Once you do that pivot, you're always moving forward. You're getting the momentum. And the more momentum you get will actually keep you, uh, will eliminate the fear. So if you think about making decisions, deepening your commitment, learning, pivot, momentum, and eliminating the fear. So that's action. And then the last one, the R in that is resilience. The more you put yourself into situations that will scare you, the more you will build the muscle of resilience. It, uh, resilience is a muscle no different than your bicep or your, your quads or your hamstring. You know, people are sitting there going, you know, the workout of the day, my personal best was 400 pound squats. You know, I think people should be proud of saying, you know, my personal best is overcoming a million dollar loss in real estate. Now that's, now that's a, a personal best. Right. So you can actually train your resilience muscle no different than you can actually go to the gym and do curls. So it's a feeling, <laughs> be equipped, action and resilience. That's what fear stands to me. Definitely, definitely. Right. So so how will real estate investing change your life? <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah, both good and bad. No, uh, let's put it this way. Every, every, every person in my life currently right now is, uh, is because of real estate. It, it's, it's, it's caused um, a fundamental shift in who I am as a human being uh, it, it, to my core of things all the all the people that i've met and the mentors that i've I, i've come in contact with and and more importantly than the mentors and the coaches who i've i've talked about is all the people who i've had a chance to talk to it's amazing that on a sunday afternoon we could be sitting here and having this amazing conversation with two successful real estate investors here and people are tuning into this and and you know what you'll be tuning into it you know for 365 days of the year is all these uh, wonderful conversations that we have that from this people will reach out to us and you just never know it'll be the people that reach out to us after the fact that potentially can change your life because i have a fundamental belief that your life can change in a heartbeat based upon the next person you may meet in your life so be excited about meeting new people because they may change your life forever absolutely talking about people changing lives can you tell us about maybe some of the mentors that you've had in your life, who they are, what was some of the lessons maybe you learned from them that really changed, you know, the direction of your life? Well, you know, interesting of note, as I've been now doing this for 15 years, when I first started, all the mentors were in the realm of real estate investing. 
they were people that show you the hows and the wheres and the whys and all those kind of things. And they were, I, I learned the, the arts of marketing, direct response marketing and copywriting, presentation skills, writing, all those kind of things. Within the last uh, two years, uh, all my coaching and mentors that have been I've been working with are all been people that have been working on the inner Russell, like the, the person who I am, who I show up as uh, every day. You know, what is my um, core purpose? What is my core calling in life? Um, because interesting to note that if you're not clear on who you are as a person, remember a lot of those mistakes I made when I first got started, a lot of those got mistakes got made because I bought properties feeling that if I bought more properties, I would have a better self-worth of myself, right? Uh, the more action I took and the more people admired what I was doing, I was actually using buying real estate as a way of building my self-worth as a human being. And, and tell you what, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, I highly encourage everybody to, to get into um, some kind of coaching relationship with somebody that will work on the inner person first, your mindset, your, your self-worth as a human being, before you start adding millions and millions of dollars of real estate to your portfolio, be clear on who you are as a person, why you're doing this, and what is your core calling in life. So the majority of the people that I've uh, been working with lately have been people what I would call are working on the inner Russell, the mindset, the self-worth, and um, coming up with what my calling in life is. And, and I can tell you the, the biggest aha moment I've had with that is to get clear on my three biggest things in my life is my calling is to lead people feel inspired, always encourage people, and always come from a place of love. That is how I determine uh, if I'm on the right path or not. Like, for example, when I take a look at my real estate portfolio, if I sit there and look at each one of my properties, does that property inspire me or others? Does it feel me, leave me feeling encouraged? And it, do I love that property? If the answer is no to that, life's too short to own that piece of real estate. Time to move on, time to find a property that's inspiring, encouraging, and I love it. Very good. It's kind of okay. a, whole, a holistic way. It's really, it's, it's, it's addressing the person in real estate because... Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this, you're, we're all human beings and we're not just real estate investors. It's who you show up as when you start buying your properties, which is as important as the property itself. So if you were to tell people uh, one only book to buy, what that would be? It would be biased. Well, yeah. I'm going to be biased. buy everybody a, a book. <laughs> I'm going to turn my camera here for a sh there. There's there's one of three bookcases that I have in my office. Right. So <laughs> so the message that I'm going to share with people is is as follows. I wouldn't say that I'm going to say just one book, I'm, which I will give you one book referral. Uh, but what I'm going to encourage people on is to develop the habit of reading a book. I read a recent study um, last year that, that showed, and it was, a, it was an example of, they, they surveyed top CEOs, and this was an American study, they surveyed the top CEOs in the country, the ones that are the top earners, and they asked them how many books did they read per year. And on average, the top CEOs and the top earners in the country read 60 books a year, six zero. 
Then they interviewed most of the people um, that are working, that, the, um, working within those corporations, and they asked those people how many books they read. And on average, they read one per year. So here's the top earners that are earning 100-fold more than the others, and they, on average, read 60 times more books. So I'm encouraging people to get the habit of reading in your life and, and do it every single day. Like truly, with a 45-minute habit per day, if you actually read for 45 minutes, if you're an average reader, you will, on average, read 50 books in a year if you read for 45 minutes a day. Now, if you ever want to learn how to read faster, let's say you triple that reading speed, uh, and with 15-minute investment a day, if you learned how to triple your reading speed, you could read 50-plus books a year. So the number one thing I'd encourage people to is to get into the habit of reading every single day. Now, the book that I'm reading right now, I'm going to give you a, you know, a book that I'm reading now, and I'm also going to give you one other one. One that I'm reading right now is, um, is I've just finished reading uh, The Obstacle is the Way, which is uh, by Ryan Holiday, which is a fantastic book. Uh, to read, which is if, if you've ever had any challenges in your life, by all means, it is a timeless, timeless book. And another one I, I encourage, if you have not read the Think and Grow Rich book, if you've not read any of the work by Napoleon Hill, those are two books that you must read as a starting point. But more importantly than just the one book is I encourage you to get the habit of reading every single day. And I'll tell you what, with, with audibles and uh, books on, you know, our iPods and, you know, this, these things right here, guys, your phones are not a distraction device. You can actually use these things to actually be your personal success library. Plug in podcasts, plug in good books and listen to something every single day. And I'll tell you what, in a year from now, you won't recognize who you are as a person. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you. I'm, a, I'm definitely an audiobook guy, so um, I've had to buy bigger phones just to get enough memory for them. <laughs> uh, I'm going to share one thing. I'm actually going to share a podcast with you guys, too. It was a real fun podcast, one that I just listened to on my last um, drive out to Edmonton. If any of you are interested in learning how to read faster, there's, there's a, this wonderful podcast um, by a fellow by the name of Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. Uh, it's called quickbrain.com. So here's a guy who had a brain injury when he was a child and could not learn, who then trained himself to become a brain expert on how the brain works. So he can memorize hundreds of people's names and do them forwards and backwards, but he has an a really good podcast called Quick Brain, K-W-I-K Brain. And on there, he does 10 little 10-minute 10 brain exercises. And one of them is, is on reading faster, uh, comprehending things faster, remembering names and remembering lists of things. So train your brain because it's probably the most important muscle that you have in your entire body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Russell, we got a question here from Juan and says, how do you start your journey raising capital or looking for properties? What is your strategic plan to start? Well, strategic plan, here, here's, this may sound like a, I'm deflecting the answer. You don't need a plan to start. You don't. You, if you're looking for a plan, you're probably, sorry to say this, you might be looking for an excuse not to start. Um, I would suggest after this 
<laughs> listening to an event like this, you probably know more than 90% of the people out there about how real estate works. I would suggest you just get out there and you have a conversation and you just share everything you learned from these three days of all these incredible experts sharing their secrets. All what you do is you go out there and you teach people about what you've learned. You are now building your expertise muscle, right? You're getting out there. And the other thing I would suggest you do is get out there and take the time to start conversations with people, have a conversation uh, and talk about real estate and just share. I was on this wonderful, uh, I listened to this incredible event and here's the 10 things I learned from it. And, and these guys were so inspiring. And there was this short, bald guy from Saskatchewan and he was bouncing around and he was telling all these stories and, and you know what? And he made all these mistakes and man, if that short, bald guy from Saskatchewan can do it, man, I think I can do it too. So, so you see, how you show up in those conversations is actually a key thing. So the, the key thing I would recommend for somebody just starting is to just start, right? To, I, I'm going to share a wonderful story with a, a guy who I know in Calgary. He uh, was an engineer and he wanted to start learning how to raise capital. And he was deathly shy about approaching people. So what he decided to do is the one thing that he was most afraid of was the one thing that was holding him back. So he was to discover that that was what he was going to do. So for the next month on the weekends, he would go on the sea train in Calgary and he would ride the sea train for hours on end with a goal of having conversations with people on the sea train about real estate. Now he did not do any uh, raise any capital from that. But what he was doing was he was putting in the reps. He was doing the work. He was doing what was required every single weekend to build the muscle of approaching people and having that conversation with people. Start with that. Start with becoming an expert in a, a type of uh, investing. Surround yourself with those people and do the work every single day required to, to build the rep of having that um, conversation. Now, before we jump into the next one, I, I just, another story just came up to me, another exciting, fun story. So I, I, I within my training of, of joint ventures, I, I always teach, you know, turn the conversations into real estate conversation, right? Don't be a pushy and salesy or those kind of things, but just naturally turn the conversations into real estate conversation. But that's actually a bigger commitment than you think. And what is your willingness to do the work required? Or what's your willingness to turn those conversations into real estate conversations? Uh, probably about five or six years ago, I was in Toronto and I was um, out there for an event and we were putting on a workshop and I woke up one morning and I had a pain in my back that was so painful. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, I, I wouldn't know that what this would feel like, but I thought I was giving birth. Uh, lo and behold, I was passing a kidney stone. And so ambulance was called. I'm in the back of an ambulance and they got me on a morphine drip. And the paramedics in the back of the ambulance, take a guess what they asked me. No so, idea. What are you doing in town? Well, <laughs> let me tell you, I'm in town to present a workshop on how to get wealthy in real estate or here to share some of the incredible fundamentals about how real estate can be a wealth generator. So in the back of an ambulance while passing a kidney stone, I turned the conversation into a real estate conversation. So it's a fun story, but what it's really meant to do is to just impress you, upon you is that what is your willingness to do the work required to talk to people about real estate investing? So I hope that answers your question, Juan. 
Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Um, if not one, by all means, you know, put up a you know a secondary question to that one. You know, a follow up. Got another question here from Joanne. Uh, question is, how do you make best use of your travel time? Uh, you know, honestly, sleep. <laughs> I, I, I've trained. I've trained myself to sleep on airplanes, and I, it's actually I look forward to having a a six hour flight across the country with no internet connection, because I it gives me time. If I'm not sleeping, I actually take the time to think, and I will journal, and I will read, and I will listen, and more importantly, I will actually think. I will come up with strategic plans. I will come up with things that have been on my list that because of our daily day basis of just so much noise going on, I, I've, you never have the time and space to do it. It, it sounds really strange that you have to uh, put yourself hostage in a tube flying across at 30,000 feet to get time to think, but that's what I do to, to, to do that time is actually get some, some downtime, some alone time, and I actually get some thinking time because I, a lot of people don't take time to just sit there in your thoughts and just have the alone time. You know, people need time to, to think, and that's why one of the things I highly recommend as a practice that a lot of people do, which I incorporated into my life about a year and a half, two years ago, was the practice of meditation. So two very good things. Thinking time and meditation are unbelievable. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll write my next book will be The, the Zen Real Estate Investor. Or something. <laughs> good idea. Good idea. So... Russell, can we go back to the to the beginning of your real estate investing journey? Can you share your first deal, how you structure, who paid for the money, or you know whatever it takes? Yep. Yeah, uh, first property ever, one two seven one nine hundred twenty second Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta, in the Calder area. It was a uh, an up-down duplex that they call it, up-down duplex. I, I bought the place, probably paid too much money for it. I didn't know what I was doing about putting tenants in the in the place. The upstairs sat vacant for probably six months while I was renting out, and the tenant in the basement died. So, great first experience. <laughs> so, how did how did I buy that that property? I actually bought it with a, a friend of mine who we were we worked together and he was a, um, a a great guy that had bought some properties himself and he w had a, a place in burnaby british columbia that was um, uh, almost free and clear so he had access to probably about four hundred thousand dollars on a line of credit so we bought the place together we both qualified for the mortgage because we both had good jobs he put up the capital I tried my best to do <laughs> to make sure it was a good purchase. It didn't work out uh, that great. And after all, and then after seven months, I ended up selling the place and I lost about 500 bucks on my first transaction. And, and here was my, my, my attitude after that was here's, I did everything wrong and I lost 500 bucks. Okay, so could I fix one of those things and the next one will be a better experience. So I made my mandate of don't let the don't let the failure be the reason to stop you from keep going forward. I used that first failure and then parlayed that into the next property and then parlayed that into the next property and then just kept learning there. And each time I buy a piece of real estate, I always have the the the, the attitude of make fewer mistakes on the next one than you did on the one previously. And eventually I'm going to run out of all the mistakes and I'm going to be left with something that's really good. Really? <laughs> wow. 
Oh, good goal to have it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I learned how to manage a problem. On that first one, I learned how to, I learned the process. I learned how to raise the capital. I learned how to write all the contracts. I learned how to qualify for the mortgages. I learned how to manage the place poorly. I learned what happens if a tenant dies. I can't remember all the steps now, but I learned what happens from there. I learned how to sell it. I learned how to do all the things on, on, on the, along the process. And I lost 500 bucks. It was probably the best educational experience I've ever had because I went through the entire process. Let's, let's say that you pay 500 bucks to learn a lot of things about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not, that. If that was the worst that happened to you, it was 500 bucks. Uh, <laughs> you that's, did that's good. good. That's very good. That was the worst that happened on that deal. On <laughs> that deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. Just understand, I'm not here to, I'm not here to say that, um, that real estate, I don't want to scare anybody about real estate. No. Uh, quite, quite frankly, I think it's the exact opposite that every one of those challenges that I've had, I, I, I you take ownership to everything. If you can take, if you want to take the credit for all the good, you must take ownership to everything crappy that goes wrong. And if you're grateful for everything that bad has gone wrong, that is when you become a, a powerful force of nature within real estate. And if, if you just keep the attitude of you just learn new lessons each time you, you invest, like I said, I've learned more in the last year about investing in real estate than I have probably in the last 13, 14 years combined. Very good. Well, you know, Russell, with all of your experience and, you know, the 15 years here of, of meeting people, you know, through real estate, I mean, through, you know, rain and through where, you know, all the, the public speaking that you've done, what were some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen brand new real estate investors make and how would you coach them through the process to not, you know, follow in your footsteps or uh, footsteps that, you know, you've seen lots of people take? Yeah, I, I, it's funny when I was sharing some of these stories about some of the things that I've, I've done wrong, someone came up to me and said, you know what, maybe your purpose in life, Russell, is to serve as a warning to others. I go, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> now, the, the first thing I would share with people is, is, number one, is surround yourself with people that will share their stories. Like, example, let's do an example. There's been three days of these incredible speakers on this that are people that are sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly. That is the kind of people that you must surround yourself with. The, the next thing I would share with people is get really clear on who you are as a person. You know, the why you are doing real estate. It's, it, it's easy to learn the mechanics, right? You can learn, you know, how to write an offer, how to get a mortgage, how to, how to uh, put a tenant in the property, how to negotiate. You can learn all those mechanics. But if you haven't done the deep inner work, of who you are and your, you know, the conversations around what inspires you, your self-worth. If you haven't done that work, coming into a game of real estate investing, it, you may be setting up a house of cards that you're building a portfolio of, of wealth on top, something that you maybe won't feel that you're worthy of. So that's the first thing I would suggest people do is to really have a hard look at uh, your personal and self-development goals of who you are as a person before you actually jump into the, the realm of real estate. And then after you are clear on who you are and who you show up as, then to surround yourself with those people to get educated, learn the, the rules of engagement. And you know what, quite frankly, get a good coach. Uh, I, I, I've, 
I would say Jess and many of the people you probably have listened to on uh, these um, uh, webinars, they probably offer some kind of coaching programs or, or mentorship or whatever. Whichever one resonated with me, reach out to them. They'd be probably honored to have the conversation because there's so many lessons that can still be shared over, over and above. And I would recommend by all means getting a really good coach that can help walk you through where the minefields are and do the work with you together. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. You know, great content. Um, I'm hoping that if anybody else is, you know, the, the people that are viewing right now have got maybe some other questions for Russell um, before we, you know, just try to wrap this up. Um, I mean, we got the great opportunity here with Russell, you know, coming to speak here. That would be great if somebody else has some more questions that we can throw at him, pick his brain. We've got 15 years of experience here. It'd be great to pick it a little bit deeper. <laughs> And we notice that we are learning all the time, right? Oh, never ends. It never ends. The primary message which you have, you know. Uh, looks like we might have lost Yark or Yark paused or that's all right. We don't need Yark all the time, but hopefully he'll be back in a moment. So, Would you guys mind if I ask you a couple questions? Sure, by all means. Here's what I love to do is I, I love learning from people all the time. So if I was, and I don't mean to be putting you on the spot here, but if I was to ask each of you guys, what would be the top two things you guys have taken over this process and this experience that you've had for the last, you know, two and a half days that you would guys would like to share with everybody? Jason, you are first. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. I like it. Sorry, um, I got disconnected, right? So That's all right. Um, you know what? I mean, the two things that I would say, um, you know, and I mean, they're not really a, a, a revelation or, revel you know, something that's jumped up, but I would say that the number one thing has to be is getting a coach, um, you know, get a mentor, get somebody in your life that's going to help you guide you in the right track. Um, you know, that's something that I've taken away. And I mean, uh, listening to a lot of these speakers, it, it's made it very clear that each one of the people such as yourself, Russell, that have been very successful has had coaches, mentors, somebody in their life, um, you know, that has helped guide them in the right direction to, to success. Um, whether that be a mindset coach or whether that be a real estate coach, um, in your case, you started off on the real estate and went into the mindset um, as your life changed and progressed and, uh, you know, your goals changed. Um, so I'd say that would be number one for me is that, you know, people need somebody that's going to help them get where they need to go. And, uh, you know, with me, uh, I have to, I mean, whether it, whether I believe it or not, systems has to be a number one thing for me. Um, if you don't have a system goals, you know, a way to, to keep yourself going in the right direction, you're going to be that guy that's just putting chicken scratch on post-it notes everywhere. And you're never going to get a, you know, ahead. You've got to have some sort of a system in place to, uh, to keep you moving. Beautiful. Love it. Thank you. Yarek, yourself? Top two things that you've uh, encountered out of the process the last two and a half days. That takes a lot of time and effort to create such kind of event, and you don't <laughs> realize how much time takes that. <laughs> but that's okay. This is aside. Okay, uh, I I learned quite a lot of things from every of you speakers, and I do really really appreciate. I have, I I know that you are you do not know what you do not know right, per se, overall, and I have thought that I'm very sophisticated in many aspects of real estate investing, but by listening and participating on every presentation, I found something 
which resonates to me, which I have, I have to improve it. I have to modify my way of implementing the logistics for real estate investing. You know, like I'm, I'm Polish born, East European, right? Never spoken any English before jumping out of the boat in 1990, no French, no English, right? So I have a quite a lot of different challenges than you guys, but you know, like who cares? Right. As long as you take an action, you will be succeeding and you will be doing whatever you are passionate about. Doesn't matter what. So that's one of the things which I truly believe it. And I do really appreciate your outcome feedback from your presentation. To be honest with you, uh, I can I can go on. I have more <laughs> from your presentation, Russell. I, I, I did. Uh, I do really like uh, investing for, with no liability aspect of it, right? And I, I have learned the hard way. And that what you have mentioned that, you know, after 15 years of, of uh, investing conventional, more likely conventional way, you are transitioning into uh, rental properties and you have learned much more within that last 15 years. That proves that buy, hold and, uh, for the long lasting properties, like period of the time, is not exactly what I have decided to do from the beginning. And that have proven to me that I have made good decisions like 10 years ago to focus on no liability, creative structure deal and everything like that. So thank you very much for telling me and proving that I have made good decision. Wow, you need a mentor. You, you have to find someone who will be uplifting you on a regular basis, doesn't matter what, your wife, your friend, a dog, even a dog can be your mentor, unconditional love. So uh, <laughs> should I continue? <laughs> no, I, well, I'll tell you what, the reason why you guys are such good coaches is that you're very coachable. And that's one of the key things of a good coach. So good. I appreciate that, right? Even my Polish English, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> All English. Well done. Hey, Russell, while we've been, uh, you know, while you've thrown these questions out to us, we've had a few other questions come in. Um, so we got Anne-Marie here that says, based on your experience, what will you recommend for a new investor at the age of 65? A new investor at the age of 65? Um, great question. Um, so here's what I would really recommend for somebody at 65 is, is take a look at what your financial plan is. And at, at that time, and you, have, you obviously have a different time timeline than most people. Um, somebody at probably age of 65 within real estate investing will probably need a little bit of a shorter term horizon. Now, I, I, it's not, there's no judgment of, there's no age judgment here or anything. But I'm just telling you, somebody at that, at that age probably has a different risk threshold and probably will need to start looking at an income play on things. So depending on the capital you have available, I think a really solid way of doing that is maybe become a lender uh, of money into really solid projects of people that you know and trust. And the, the projects that you're lending into, you're, you need to probably get a redirect in a really quicker return on your investment. Now understand your, the return you might get might be a little bit lower on a percentage base than if you were um, doing a, like a buy and hold. And, and it actually comes down to, there's two types of investors if you think about it. There's, there's debt investors and equity investors, right? A debt investor is somebody who invests in like a, a mortgage instrument and you get a, and what you would do is you would just get um, 
an interest on your money. That would be a debt investor. An equity investor would be somebody who would put up the capital into a project and you'd get a portion of the ownership and then you would actually get paid based upon equity of, of the deal. So, so really someone at 65 typically would be more of a debt investor into real estate. And there's some fantastic opportunities, some projects that are out there to just make sure you do your, do your homework and do your due diligence on, on that as well. So that would be my best suggestion for there. Good, good. So we've got two more questions here. Joe was throwing up a question and says, what would you suggest for a new investor or someone that has been active for a while that is having a difficult time raising capital? Well, first of all, the, the, it would be a conversation that I would have with Joe and I would ask him the question would be is, uh, what does difficult time mean? How many, how many no's have you heard, right? The, the reason, the reason why I ask that question is some people are, are very impatient when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I tell people that you need to be aggressively patient. Um, it's going to take years. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take no after no after no. Here's what I tell people is the person who hears the most no will actually hear the most yeses. Now, I know that sounds defeatist no. and negative, but it's 100% <laughs> true. If you actually put yourself out there and talk to people day in and day out and you just have you do the reps and you do the work and you you know you fall flat on your face and you maybe made a bad presentation the the, the only reason why i can come in front of a, an audience of you know say 800 people is because my first presentation i sucked it was terrible um you know i was so nervous and shaking and it was just awful uh, but I committed to the process. I committed to doing the work on a day-to-day -day basis. So if somebody was asking, well, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, I would really uh, dive into how much struggle are we talking here? Are we talking maybe you've been doing it for five months and you've heard no twice? Uh, you, you've just started, my friends. So uh, to take the time, do the reps, because here's the, here's the magic, is the more work you do, the more you learn the process. The more you learn the process, the more you can uh, pivot, the more changes you can make. And I'm going to share another tip with you, is every time you hear the word no, always have a follow-up conversation with the person as as follows, is I ask them the question, I go, okay, understand this is not right for you right now. But if there was something to change in this opportunity, what's needs to happen to change in order for it would make sense for you and then shut up and listen they're going to give you some gold or or after the fact say so if i was to let you rate this opportunity on a scale from one to ten what uh, what rating would you give and then they say well let's say it's a six out of ten okay okay i understand that what would it take for this to be a 10 out of 10 for you and then you just listen to what they do is because every no you just are hearing, they're offering you some magic seeds of what will take to get a yes. And eventually you're gonna run of all the no's and the only thing left will be the yes. And then you take that first yes and then you take one at a time and you make sure you over deliver that first transaction and then you get people start talking. And then you turn one into two and then two gets turned into three. And then slow, lo and behold, Five years from now of asking this question you just asked, you became an overnight success. Very good. Joe has one more question for you there, Russell. Uh, it's, are there any property types you stay away from and why? Uh, well, yeah, the property, well, let's put it this way. Every, every city and every town that you're investing in, there will be properties that will work and there'll be ones that don't work. And then everybody says, well, what's, well, which ones will and which ones won't? Uh, 
it's hard for me to tell. I, I am staying away from properties right now that um, have giant, that, oh, sorry, a property, I'm gonna talk about on the purchase. I'm staying away from properties that I'm buying that are overpriced based upon the cash flow it'll generate and based upon the deferred maintenance that's in the properties. I would stay away from those like it was, you know, uh, you know, like the plague. And I know there's lots of people that have some overpriced properties that are just, they're just way over, you're paying too much for the amount of money you have to put into it. So those would be the ones that I would stay away from. The ones in the bad areas that attract bad tenants and you're way overpaying for it and they're just fraught with deferred maintenance, left, right, and center. And uh, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't buy one with deferred maintenance, but appropriately pay for it. If if you're actually getting a property at, you know, $120,000 under market value to fix all those deferred maintenance things, then you're getting a good deal, okay? I, I just prefer right now based upon my three pillars of real estate investing. Real estate investing success comes down to who you put in it, where you buy, and what you buy. And the number one of those things is important is who you put in it. But who you put in it depended upon where you buy and what you buy. So those three pillars are actually, you know, if you actually put them in a, a, a Venn diagram, right, between who you put in it, where you buy, and what you buy. If you find the sweet spot between those three things, you have a property that you'll actually have a very good experience of owning. Very good, very good. Uh, so we've got another question here. And the question is, what is the cash on cash return and cap rate that you target for new construction projects? Uh, most of my properties that, oh, sorry, I say all the properties we're dealing with are, um, residential single family residential and we don't we don't we don't work in the um cap rate in you don't you don't talk about cap rates you don't deal in cap rates when you're talking single family at least i don't our single family homes of ones that we're building right now let's just take our suited property if our suited property based upon the numbers that are generating from our clients that are buying them right now if you self-manage and there's no vacancy and no maintenance on it you're generating about $800 a month positive cash flow. If you self-manage, you take another 8% off that, and that probably gets you into about the, you know, the six high sixes. So you're, you're, you're around 650 or so. That's what you're getting for, from cash on cash return uh, on things. So you do that, and the purchase price on those properties are right around the half a million dollar mark. All in, everything included, GST, everything. So Excellent. Yeah. So one quick thing. So it all depends. So remember that um, a business partner of mine that shared, uh, I shared some of his case study that he's talking about of all the, um, his, his repair maintenance bill for the last two years was essentially, um, you know, under $4,000. I failed to mention that he over the last five years on those 11 properties has managed to pay down $20,000 per year across those 11 an additional mortgage pay down on those properties exactly. for those 11 and he sits on a $50,000 um, reserve fund in the bank account so his his target and his goal of, with these properties is he's actually selling those 11 and buying 11 new again he will have 11 free and clears based on the modeling we're doing right now he will have 11 free and, cl- pro- free and clear properties in under 15 years nice very good 
And no so maintenance, model, right? No well, headaches. Very, very no. low maintenance. You can say never say no, no maintenance, yeah. but I'll tell you what, if if the property is under warranty and if anything ever goes wrong with the stuff that's under warranty, you phone the builder, the builder comes and fixes it. Yeah. Right? So perfect. So Mr. Russell. I appreciate it so much. With all the respect, I was looking forward for your presentation and I believe it that we can do some many, many other presentations in the future. And at one point we will have a, you know, virtual handshake or real handshake and we will <laughs> do some, some transactions. That's what I'm looking forward, right? Nice. I would really, you know, thank you for participating. I am amazed with your knowledge, experience, and definitely uh, how does it sound if I buy you a dinner at one point? <laughs> I, I'd be honored, man. I free food. That's that's how you get something to do anything, right? And free booze if you like. <laughs> nice. Well, depends. Guys, well, thank you. Well, I, I'm just going to leave one one final thought for everyone. So, so first and foremost, um, uh, the work that Jason and, and Eric are doing here is, guys, they have the best interest for everyone that's listening to them. Yes. They have the best interest of everybody at heart. They come from a servant's place and they, they are here to serve. Like you really truly don't know how much work it is to put something like this on. It's like planning a midi wedding and writing a term paper all at the same time of doing that. So, <laughs> so if you do get a chance to thank them, make sure you thank them because they do have your best interests at heart. And the last thing I want to just share Every, with everybody is don't be afraid to do the work. Uh, most people uh, shy away from putting the boots on and taking the time to just get in and do the work because everybody's so interested in what's this hack? What's that hack? How do I shortcome this? How do I do this kind of stuff? Guys, there's nothing better than learning the process. If you can't figure something out, Google is your best friend. Events like this are your best friends. Everything is figure outable. Get a good coach that can help you help you uh, um, learn the process. So do the work, enjoy the process, be grateful for the process, and always inspire, encourage, and come from a place of love. Thank Great you. final thought. Thanks so much. Yep. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Russell. Thanks, Yarek. Everybody, always, take care. Always. Right on. Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com.